Grow stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit. Adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. All right, Jake Biles, class of 06, Navy football senior 05, inside linebacker type. He's from a small town, Texas, like myself, Uh, but this one's from Lorena, Texas. What part of Texas is Lorena? That's right, man. Lorena, Texas. Yeah, where's that at? Like, North, south, east, west. Well, let's see. So, so you're Liberty Hill guy, right? So I'm central. Yep. Yeah. So you're central. So um, you travel north on Interstate 35. You'll pass uh, Ross Ross's hometown in Temple, and we're about yep. 20 miles north of that, just south of Waco, Texas. Nice. Okay. So still kind of central Texas, but north central Texas, closer yeah, to man. Dallas. Yeah, I'd say gotcha. kind of right equidistance between Austin and that in Dallas. Yeah, what where I'm getting at here is you are like three A linebacker dude. Yeah. Um before you know Ross this, became you know this big story, time. man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um but but I'm also like I looked up to you, you know, right? And and we'll get there. Um, but you were like small town linebacker went to navy um have some crazy credentials so that's where i was going with that and i'm I'm not trying to blow smoke uh but at the same time um (laughs) (laughs) understood all right so um after all that you um you know from from graduation went into the marine corps um well, hold on, back up real quick. You were a TAD. So, like, after graduation, you became a uh, graduation assistant with the football team, and you uh, helped with the defense. Yeah, don't, at the time. don't leave that out. Don't leave that out, Tony. That's uh, that's the top bullet on my resume, man. <laughs> well, Paul I John- remember that John- because when Paul I was – Johnson's staff, man, Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, that was a great time. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember that. I know a lot of other guys in my class remember that because when we were freshmen coming up the ranks, uh, you had just graduated, um, you know, after your senior year, and, and then you were help helping lead our uh, our class um, running scout team yeah, against man. Paul Johnson's uh, awesome offense, and he just got you know inducted to the college football hall of fame um i'll, I'll we'll take the credit for that on our shoulder your, your back's <laughs> probably sore from carrying pj to the hall of fame tony <laughs> all of our backs are so um just just a fun story we loved it um and we had a good time with you leading that so um 
So after graduation, you did that. Then you went on to the, the Marine Corps, became an infantry platoon commander, on to an XO, on to a company commander, which a company commander job is something that a lot of people try and get. A lot of people, you know, um, work for, um, and a lot of people don't get to have that experience. But you're able to have that experience, so that's cool. And um, after you got out, and I'm going to have to ask you why you got out at some point, but not right now. You went to Booz Allen Hamilton, did some consulting. You went to uh, be an independent contractor, and then an IT program manager on the sales. Now living in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And working on sales consulting and startups. So that's a cool brief intro type of deal. But um, you also work a nonprofit um, supporting post 9-11 vets uh, yeah. with a, an organization called Vintage Point Foundation. Right? Vantage and, and Point we'll Foundation. I want to yeah. hear more. Vantage Point that's Foundation. Up. Gotcha. Uh, working the you know, the church thing, youth sports. Um, before we dive in to, to the rest of it, tell us more about uh, Vintage. Vantage. Vantage. Yep. Vantage. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. That was a nice introduction, Tony. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've been, um, you know, done, done a couple of nonprofit and community service type things, which I feel um, you know, just an important thing to do and, and something that's near and dear to my heart, um, is taking care of, uh, of post nine 11, um, veterans, uh, a lot of them, you know, the time that I was getting out, I got out in, uh, in, in 2012. Um, and there are a lot of guys exiting, um, you know, all, all the service branches, but certainly the, the Marine Corps and the, and the army, um, just dealing with a whole a whole lot of uh, of additional baggage, right? And uh, you know, I, I think uh, probably a lot of your listeners have been through the professional transition and how different different it can be, and and how hard it can be to to land on your feet and uh, and kind of find that purpose in your life. Um, and then a lot of these guys were were dealing with physical, um, emotional trauma and uh, and injury, so. Vantage Point, uh, really, it, it, in, in the state of South Carolina, and it's expanded a little bit as well, but I think it's important that these types of things are are face-to-face and local. Um, Vantage Point does a great job of lining up post-9-11 veterans and their families with uh, the, the support they need. Maybe that's, you know, helping them navigate um, the VA system, which we all uh, know what a disaster that can be at times, or find gainful employment yeah. or um, get plugged into the community. So a uh, really cool organization. Happy to be a, happy to be a part of it. Awesome. All right. Um, so I got a few memories. I, I actually, actually just reached out like last minute with a lot of people and was on this and they all came soaring in. Um, so first one is uh, John Alvarado and uh, yeah. you know, I haven't talked to Albie in, in forever, but he, yep. He had something to say about you. Cool, yet confident in demeanor. Focused and intensity is unmatched at practice, 
film study, games, and workouts. Wow. Uh, and then moving on to uh, Clint Sovey last minute. He, he called you the Iceman. So <laughs> immovable. Uh, the guy that fills a gap, blows everything up, um, always had things figured out and very much like uh, very much like Tidwell is what he said mm-hmm. um, and, and took care of people. Um, Humiston, you know, he, he, he called you the salt of the earth uh, with reliability and honesty. Super smart, loves fishing. Uh, I know you like fly fishing. Sure. Um, man, let's go fishing soon. So whenever you get, right. get some time, let me know. Anytime, man. Anytime. I'll put you. I'll put you out. <laughs> put you out on the bow with the fly rod. See what you can do. Some damage. Well, I've never there. fly fished before. Um, you know. But you're an uh, athlete, though. I'm, you're an athlete, Tony. You'll you'll uh, you'll figure it out, man. You know. I'm I'm willing to learn. Um, yes, sir. Anthony Piccioni. Um. So Pick said. You were the standard. Hard, extremely smart, and consistent every day. Wow. So, um, th- those that's were the that's memories. In the, the, that's uh, extremely uh, kind words, uh, favorable words. I'd like to hear what they said on the flip side uh, of uh, that. You know, there's some uh, certainly some some negative attributes there as well. But I'll I'll take the positives, man. That's very nice. But, those well, are dudes I that I all I love. Those guys and um, yeah, it means a lot that they'd have nice things to say for sure. Didn't get any negatives, so that's uh, that's real talk right there. Um, so I haven't asked a whole lot of people this. Um, you know, have, what other episodes have you listened to so far? Um, yeah, I, well, I think. I was, I guess, I was late to the late to the game, and and I have not been able to to catch up on everything. Um, you're a prolific content creator. I will, uh, I'll say, there's a there's a lot of episodes out there. The one that stuck out to me, um, first of all, because uh, it, it was a guy that I've always really looked up to, that I kind of consider the standard bearer for Navy football. Um, a fellow linebacker and fellow Texan, and that's Clint Bruce. Um, so that was the first one I listened to. Um, listened to some of Kevin's, listened to, to Jay Young a good bit because I know he talked about Tidwell um, and then kind of popped in on uh, on a couple of others. But it's on, it's, it's in my queue, man. I, I listen to podcasts when I'm on the road. Awesome. So I'll, uh, I'll get caught up. Great. No, I appreciate that feedback. Um, yeah, th- those were all really good episodes, and um, I want to keep on growing this thing so that it means something, and sure. um, y- everybody's voice means something. So, um, all right, last thing before we get into your story, what did you have for breakfast today? What did I have? I, I, I'm trying to stay uh, on a little bit of a protein kick, so I think I had a Oh, two hard-boiled eggs and maybe some cottage cheese. I'm a, I'm a light breakfast guy, nice. so I get back from the gym and try to to cool. fuel a little. I bit. I always take everybody's breakfast back to you know to my uh, personal growth that I can learn how to eat like the best. So uh, I don't appreciate that feedback. <laughs> don't take don't take my advice there. I won't tell you what I ate for the other two meals. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so. 
um, we did the intro, we did the memories, and then uh, from here we go into your story and then take that back, all the way back to, you know, where you grew up from and what you're all about, and we go from there. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. And again, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. You've had some uh, some phenomenal guests already, and uh, and I'm excited to see where you take the show. Um, my story, you, you know, I, I feel like I, I always felt really close to uh, to your class because there were so many um, just absolute studs and uh, and playmakers and, and Texans and you and Ross certainly uh, stand out. And I got to know you guys in the position room really well um, and, and, and Ram and, and all, you know, just a, a great group of guys. I, I don't feel like my story is probably um, a, a ton different than a lot of guys that, that end up at Navy. You know, I, uh, I grew up in, you know, started in, in Houston, Texas. Um, my dad, who I, I'd like to talk about a little bit, my dad is a, or was, I guess I can say now, uh, a longtime athletics director and, and football coach. Um, he started at, at Katy High School outside of Houston and uh, last 31 years, he just retired as about a week ago um, from, from Lorena. So nice. um, r- really my whole upbringing was um, around the school, you, you know, football practice, uh, baseball practice, um, just really, you know, grew up looking up to, um, to athletes, you, you know, and that, that kind of shaped uh, a lot of my upbringing. And my dad did a great job of kind of dragging me around as he was working, you know, 12 and 14 hour days. And so I got to experience that. Um, and then, you know, growing did, up small did town. Your dad, I, did, did your dad ever, ever stick you in the ribs where he was <laughs> like, Hey, you could have done better. Oh my gosh, man. He was exponentially harder on me, which in, in hindsight, I am, uh, I'm happy for. I, I've never been uh, more embarrassed or more terrified. I got a pretty dumb personal foul behind a play one time. We got like a punt blocked or something, and I was up back and I took took some dude out, you know, about ten yards behind the play just because I was upset. Um, and he he t- he grabbed my face mask and he looked me in the eyes and he said, "If you ever do anything like that again, you're not going to see the field. You you will not touch the field again." And he meant it, nice. you know. And I could tell he meant it, but uh, but yeah, he uh. He, he he didn't he didn't uh, didn't take it easy on me um, that's for sure but uh but yeah but I, I I loved you know being a coach's kid growing up in small town um, small town Texas and I have three sisters three younger sisters um, and so we've had some time dad just retired so we've looked back through pictures and um, got to kind of remember some of those good memories and it and it was great man so. Um, yeah, I was I, I was the average, you know. I'm I'm five eleven. I'll call it six foot. I used to, used to call it six foot. We'll call it five eleven. Um, kind of a tweener. I played safety, strong safety, in, in high school. Um, was recruited as a safety to to Navy. Um, had some opportunities to play elsewhere, but nowhere big. Really, the only other um, only other D one offer was uh, was Baylor, um, and that came kind of after the fact. And uh, I was already in plebe summer. And actually, my parents didn't even tell me about that because they knew I'd probably pull, pull chalks at the end of end of plebe summer if I'd known I had another uh, another offer waiting. But uh, but yeah, but uh, but back but, in the day, Baylor Baylor was you know during that oh, time Baylor was terrible nothing. man and terrible. And look at them today; it's like that evolution is crazy. Yep, yep, they've done some good things um, for sure. But it, but but back then, yeah, late late nineties, early two thousands. 
uh, not a football destination. So I, I got a, you know, uh, did Spencer recruit you, Tony, at, at he Liberty did. Hill? Yeah. Yes. So, so Spencer walks in with his, you, you know, I'll call it some crackhead energy or whatever it, it was he had going on. And, and immediately I kind of picked up on, oh, on what he was. Yeah, he, he's a grass coach, man. He, uh, he, he, he could sell it and, and he could, and he could do it. So um, went to Annapolis and, and fell in love with it. You know, I've loved Annapolis from the first time I saw it. Um, historical city on the water uh, and, and, and kind of fell in love um, did not know anything about Navy, you know, about service academies, about the military. I had a couple of granddads in, in the service, World War II in Korea, but, you know, not really a part of my family. So I was completely clueless, which is probably a good thing because I never would have signed on the dotted line had I, uh, had I known uh, an, initially probably, but uh, the best decision I ever made. So um, kind of a weird time. That was Johnson's. Uh, so that was 2002, Johnson's first season. Um, so our class was a little bit of a tweener. Um, the, the Naps guys were uh, previous staff. M my direct class was was Johnson recruits, um, and and we were terrible, man. I mean, the uh, like I, I think we were maybe two and ten um, freshman year, and it was it was it was ugly. Um, but Paul Johnson, to his credit, um, you never got an impression that he did not expect our teams to go out and compete and, uh, and play hard. And so, uh, it, it, yeah, quick, quick turnaround there in our sophomore year, we started, started winning. I didn't play a whole lot, didn't travel a whole lot sophomore year, um, stuck my nose to the grindstone, you know, a couple of position changes, uh, not fast enough to be a safety, not the, the outside fast twitch speed to be a pass rusher and outside backer. So I ended up as an inside backer. Um, ended up playing, you know, getting some some quality snaps my junior year, but was behind Bobby Mack and Lane Jackson, who were a couple of, you know, just as good as they get Navy linebackers in their day, and then got my shot to play my senior year. So I, uh, you know, just went went to work, knew I'd get my chance if I uh, if I kept working and kept showing up, and um, and and did. So that was uh, that that was my story on the uh, on the football side. Nice. How was it? Uh, so, so your junior year, you had Bobby Mack, Lane Jackson. Um, they were starting that year. Like, so I'm trying to like reflect on my years and think yep. about like people that were ahead of me and like, what were you looking at and out of them as mentors in the position with the, how they were playing like, what were you looking at going into your senior year that that last year? Yeah, man, I, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I have a, I guess I played linebacker a little bit different um, than than Lane and Bobby because, you know, we've talked about how I like to fish. Like Bobby McLaren at, at linebacker reminds me of like a, a shark in open ocean when there's blood in the water. Like, like no, no kidding. That's the only. There's no human description for uh, for how he acted Seeking on the football the trail. field. Seeking the trail, man. Yeah. Uh, just a, a missile, full speed. Um, you know, uh, frankly, ran himself out of a lot of plays because he was, you know, had already run through a brick wall in the in in the in the cutback got him. You know, but uh, but just I, I mean, just a, a, 
a, a level of intensity that you have to bring to, to play big time football and certainly to play linebacker, man, there is uh there's no block that you can't take on. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you're, you're going to be hitting somebody every play. So I, I took a lot of the intensity and then Lane Jackson was the exact same way, right? Like Lane was, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> Navy seals in his future. And, and that doesn't surprise me at all. The guy had no regard for his body. I think, he probably weighed 180 pounds soaking wet um, and would just light people up. So I, I looked up to those guys and, uh, and and learned a lot about, you know, just the intensity required to, um, to compete at that level. Nice. Good to know. And then, uh, then you started and then you had a good year. And then I uh, just explained some memories uh, of folks on, on how you played. And and then after that, you went into the Marine Corps. That's right. Nice. Yeah. And let, that? And let, uh, In the... Yeah. Let's, let's, let's not forget the TAD year, man. That was, uh, that, that was, that was a good time. I, I want to hear a little bit more about what you, what, what your experience is a, as a scout team player. Cause I, I think we were all there at uh at one point. At yeah. So, all right. So I was a, uh, I was a freshman. I just came in off my year at naps. Um, and then I get to Navy and I'm playing on the JV team. Um, while I'm playing on the JV team, it's like, you know, you, you play those games and it's not a whole lot of like other, you know, not, not a whole lot of fun in it other than just getting yeah. your ass beat uh, <laughs> by, you know, the varsity team. And then you go play a game on a, on a Friday and then you look forward to the Saturday game and, and, you know, vision being on that field one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But uh, that's the memory there. And then with you and the, in uh, the, in the scout team, um, I just, I was always there. Like I was listening <laughs> to what you had to say, um, you know, cause here, here's a guy for, for me coming in uh, from naps to the JV team like I want to get some playing time, and uh, I just had it. I was just, you know, all ears. I want to hear everything you have to say. Um, and sometimes it really sucked. It's like, hey, Tony, you have to like, hey, you know, the play is drawn up like this. Don't read it. Take the <laughs> bullet, brother. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> and and show this look. And uh, all right, boss, understood. Yeah. Uh, let's go. I'm going to get my ass beat on this play, even though I want to make it happen. Um, but that's like the price of admission, right? So yeah, man. Uh, I went through that and uh, it was a good time. So, yeah, well, you're, you're a much more talented linebacker than I ever was. Uh, that's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, those scout team so. days, I man. didn't start a full year. So, well, you played a lot, you played a ton. I, I, I remember like just the, you know, the weather t- turns crappy in Annapolis and there's like wind coming off the water and it's freezing rain and you're thousands of miles from home and your friends are all having a, you're like, what in the world am I doing right here right now? Like how many bad decisions have I made to get there? But so many times in my life, I've looked back on that and it, it's like, you know, what other obstacle can I feel as helpless as I did at, at that point in time? Right. And and what I did was I put my head down and I went to work. And like you said, showed up every day 
good things happen then. And, uh, and, and that carries on, man. Those, uh, those lessons do not, uh, do not fade and they don't go away. So yeah, hundred percent. Well, well, yeah, man, you were, so yeah. So, so, uh, graduated commissioned, um, went into, uh, went, went to basic school in 2007 and then on to, um, infantry officers course. Um, and then from there, out to the West Coast, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, um, did a couple of deployments with those guys, platoon commander, um, and then XO. Um, they could do a whole podcast about what it's like being a, a, a Marine Corps uh, platoon commander or, or just trying to wrangle Marines uh, generally. Um, but it was a yeah, great experience. So yeah. We're going to pause and we're going to go back to that platoon commander experience. Yeah. Um, when you were that platoon commander, what were you guys doing? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Yeah, so we did we did a MU, so Marine Expeditionary Unit. Um, what was it? Was it the fifteenth MU, I believe? So we left out of San Diego, um, did a did a Westpac float, kind of hit Hawaii, Guam, um, you know, the Singapore, Hong Kong. Did did the whole thing. Had a great had a great time in in some foreign ports and got to got to see some really cool places and then. We, uh, we were at that time, so that was 2009, yeah, 2009, kind of on standby. It was like a little bit of a, you know, Iraq was somewhat quiet at that point. Afghanistan was frankly pretty quiet at that point, but starting to tick up. Um, so we were kind of the, the QRF there, did some training in, um, in Kuwait, did some training in Jordan, um, but never got, never got put in the game, right? So we, uh, we did the MU, came back. Um, and then did a second MU when I was at XO, and we uh, we deployed out of Okinawa um, and did the same kind of thing. Uh, Philippines, mainland Japan, a uh, lot of training. You know, part of our BLT responded to a, uh, what was it, an earthquake or a, a typhoon or, or something. So some humanitarian kind of work. Um, but again, uh, you know, no no uh, shooting war kind of stuff. Um, and and so that was my XO tour. And then, you know, I was a little bit, I was young, single, uh, not afraid of very much and put my hand in the air. I was told to go attached to the division um, to, to do something, you know, out of Camp Leatherneck. They didn't know exactly what it would be. Well, I ended up uh, getting stuck on watch officer duty, um, which the one good thing about that was that I got to uh, to fly around to some of the different AOs and go patrol with some of the guys and some of the uh, more interesting areas in, in Helmand province in Afghanistan. Um, so I got a, a little bit of taste of, uh, of, of what that was all about. And, uh, and from there, um, my last duty station, my last shore tour was in, uh, here in South Carolina at, at Paris Island. I was a company commander for, um, range company, uh, weapons field training battalion. So you said company command that that's true, but it was, uh, what it was a, a shore company command with, uh, with the training command. Gotcha. <clears throat> Through all those experiences, was there one single thing that pops out in your mind? It's like, dude, I went through this experience, this experience, that experience, and now I am better because of this one single experience that taught me so much? What was that? That's a great question. Um, I don't know that I could pinpoint a single experience. Um, I, I, I think the, the thing that's always stuck to me about the Marine Corps um, 
is is just how hard we trained and how hard we hard we prepared. So, I think probably the most physically um, challenging exercises that I did were always in training, right? And IOC infantry officers course uh, was a complete, you know, just haze fest. Um, I did a winter mountains leader leaders course up in Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, you know, I'm sleeping in snow caves and lost 30 pounds. And, um, so, so nothing in, in Afghanistan, you know, it kind of felt a little bit, uh, easy at that point. Right. So I, I, I think that that, you know, that mentality of train, like you fight and, uh, and then when that switch needs to come on, um, then, uh, then you don't have to think about it. Right. You're not looking to be a, do anything heroic or, or outside of the normal. You just, you do your job and, and take care of your guys and, and good things happen. 100% sounds like that's what uh, your intro and memories sounded like. Very similar theme. So makes sense. Uh, and then you get out, like you do your Marine Corps time. Why'd you get out? I felt like, I felt like I'd accomplished what I wanted to in the Marine Corps, you, you know, at the time, being a dumb 23, 24 year old, whatever I was, I, I really wanted to go, uh, you know, prove myself and, uh, and, and go to the, uh, go to the shit, so to speak. And, um, and, and I felt like, you know, to come back and, and wait for company command and then wait for battalion command, I just didn't feel that, uh, feel that calling. So I'd kind of scratched the itch, done the things I'd wanted to do, led Marines and, uh, was ready for the next challenge. Nice. And I met a girl and I met a girl, Tony, and that tends to be, you, you know, the, uh, the yeah. deciding factor in some of these things, right? There's also a theme there on all these podcasts so far. So the people that end up getting out then then that's, there's a piece of that there too. It's normally like 80%. Uh, yep. and then, so you got out and what'd you do after that? I was, uh, I, I, I was a little bit lost, man, N- knowing what I know now, um, man, I had no business landing the job I did, but, um, was, was pretty, uh, consistently just trying to network, you know, just trying to, to get to know people, got plugged in with some folks here in Charleston, um, which is where my wife and I kind of decided we wanted to, to put down roots, um, and, and landed a job at Booz Allen Hamilton, uh, big, yep. uh, r- real big, uh, consulting operation, um, you know, honestly, didn't didn't love the work all that much. You know, when you Why? go from, I, I mean, it's it's a hard uh, uh, to go from being a, a company commander, platoon commander. Um, you know, getting those phone calls at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and kind of always being on high alert, but always having uh, just this this mission, right? Like the next deployment, the next training exercise, the the next fitness report like there's a, a very well-defined path, right? And it's, uh, it's all measured um, and it's all predetermined and, uh, and it's just your job to execute. Well, you know, out corporate America, it's, it's, th- there's not a whole lot of that, right? And so I had to find my way. There's, there's nobody, um, you know, there's certainly mentorship, but not on the same level that you're yeah. going to experience. Well, the good in the news military, is so. Booz Allen Hamilton has a lot of military experience within Booz Allen Hamilton. For sure. So, yeah, they hire, you they hire a ton of veterans. Did you not have that. Yeah, that yeah, I had, I had that, and uh, and and I, I remember I was rough around the edges, man. I, uh, you know, I was, I was doing things like taking meeting minutes and 
you know, kind of a glorified uh, uh, executive assistant in a lot of ways, it felt like. Hey, and uh, I'm still a glorified executive assistant. But, but hey, so. you never, th those skills are, n no matter what you're doing, if you can run a meeting um, and, and, and follow up on things, you're going to be in good shape. But, uh, but yeah, man, and, and then just the, the government um, procurement process, we'll call it, the, the, the slow-moving nature of the DOD um, kind of frustrating to me. So I, I did that for a couple of years and um, wanted to try something a little bit different. Nice. So you did that, and then uh, that was your Booz Allen Hamilton experience. You went on to become a independent contractor. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just what they call it when, uh, when a company wants to hire you, but they want to try you out for, for a little bit and, uh, and 1099 you and see if you, uh, if you screw up bad enough where they don't hire you. But, uh, but yeah, I did had a couple of different up? clients. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, their mistake, right. I've been with this, with this company for, uh, for eight years. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, the independent contracting thing, man, I, I love the idea of that, right. Like you're, kind of in charge of your own destiny you're a you're a one-man show kind of thing but uh but that's a it's a dangerous path to, to walk right like there's there's nobody out there trying to get you onto the next contract so you have to have to take care of yourself but uh but yeah the, so the the company i'm with now um did some work with them as a contractor got brought on um full-time uh 2014 2015 time frame um as, as a program manager uh, in the IT space, which is something that I did not have a whole lot of experience with. Um, and so I am very grateful to have gotten that experience and a lot of scar tissue with, with learning the industry and, um, and kind of how things operate, you know, outside of, I'd had years and years of experience kind of inside the, the DOD and the Marine Corps and the Naval Academy. And then you, you see like private business, you know, things move a lot faster. There's not a whole lot of, uh, uh, of extra hands to help you. You get to wear a bunch of different hats. And I, and I love that. And I really, uh, kind of latched onto that sort of, you know, working for a small company, us against the world, um, kind of mentality. And, uh, and, and it's been great. Nice. So for the people that are listening to this and they, they're, they're feeling the same pinch and they, they cross over into it, become a program manager and they're going through that whole thing. What kind of advice would you tell them and say, hey, I wish I knew this going into that experience? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. You, you know, I, I feel like I probably should have picked uh, a, a specific capability or, a, or a, a function within IT, let's say, you know, maybe cybersecurity or, or, or um, development or networking or, or cloud or whatever it is. Um, and I didn't do that. So I've got more of a generalist IT sort of background. Um, I would say for people, you know, with a, with a background, a professional background similar to ours, um, you, you know, you, you want to look for something that you feel like um, you look forward to talking about every day, you know, and I've kind of found that in, uh, in cybersecurity. Um, and, and so I, I think for people starting out, you, you know, if you're if you're kind of drawn down a technical path, which I did not go down a technical path, I've stayed in um, in program management and, and sales and consulting. But if you are, um, there is just tons of 
of, uh, of curriculum and training and free training and all kinds of things that you can do to say, hey, I want to be a, a software developer and, it, and it's never too late to start, right? I've seen people who, um, who pick up technical skills in their 30s and 40s um and uh and really quickly come up to speed yeah. but to, i'm thinking about that, trying to pick up a, a technical skill in my 30s and 40s right now just oh yeah because it seems like the place to be um but you know you, you say do something you love in that like what what can folks be proactive about to get ahead of this so that by the time they're there they can be ready is there anything, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, there, that's kind of the hard thing in, uh, in technology because the field moves so fast, right? So you, yeah, you, you know, you'll hear a lot of people, like, like there's good baseline skills if you go get a comp sci degree, um, w which is something I wish I had done at the Naval Academy. I probably never would have graduated um, had I had, I had a, a group, what are they called? Group one, group three, whatever it is, the, the engineering, yeah. if I'd gone down the true engineering path, um, the smart, but, degree. Uh, yeah, the smart degree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, like a four year degree in technology is almost useless, right? Like the programming languages change so fast. Um, yeah. And then all this know, AI stuff's coming out right now. It's like so many jobs yeah. are about to get wiped out with this whole Jet oh man chat yeah well oh, I, I mean gosh, no, no matter what you know. yeah no matter what you do if you sit at your desk and you say well, man I, I feel like like a trained monkey could do this well you will not be doing that job very long like it, it will be automated um uh, you'll, you'll be automated yes. out of the job um and and that's true man a lot of third party like sales i feel like could get hit really hard with that kind of um, automation and, um, attorneys, like there's all, all sorts of third party intermediary kind of jobs that, uh, that could potentially go away, but we don't have to talk yeah. about, we don't have to talk about all that. Well, I'm going to brag on my ops manager right now because the guy sent me a, uh, an, a video that he, he created with AI about Socrates and Socrates mm. is the stoic and he is the challenge, challenge your thought process with your um, questioning around a subject to help your mind become more open on things. And it was awesome. And it yeah. like motivated me. I'm like, dude, like make some training, <laughs> you know, you know, and, yeah. and what we do for other people, like that, that's awesome. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Holy smokes, the world's about to change. So I don't want to keep on uh, grinding on this. I'm just, I want to recognize him for that. And, uh, well, you know, it well, and that's of, an, it's an, it's, it's an important, we're talking about. So, yeah, man. Well, that's an important distinction that you made too, because the AI did not think about bringing, you know, I don't know how it was all put together, but the AI did not come up with, the creativity, first of all, for the content that Socrates said, or what your ops manager decided to put together, or that it would be targeted towards a specific person or, or group of people that, that, that are looking for motivation, right? So that's like the human factor in it all. I don't think we'll yes. ever, I, I think the, the human, with all the technology and all the advancement and all the crazy things that can happen, more creativity, more ideas, more 
humanity um, is the differentiator, right? Because I, I, I don't, I don't envision a future, or I, I don't look forward to a future where, uh, where, where the humanity is taken, taken away from our day to day, right? Hundred percent. Awesome. Let's keep moving. Um, so where we leave off with the whole career thing? Yeah. So, so I'm, 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 I'm with the same company. The co company's based out of, uh, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you know, been a, been a really good experience. I've learned a ton. I know the, um, the owner is a, is a good friend of mine, um, has been willing to, uh, to mentor me, um, and help me along in, in my path and, um, j just a great guy. So, um, you know, I feel like for me, um, I have a job that I enjoy. I have a job, you know, it's kind of like, a. I don't know if you've talked to, to many people who are doing sales and consulting kind of roles, but it's a little bit of a, little bit of a cheat code. It feels like in terms of, of compensation, um, at times, right. If you're at the, at the right, get into that. yeah, right, right time, right place, right, right. Opportunity with sales all the time. Um, everything but, I hear uh, about but, is sales is the place to be. I mean, unless it's not right. Like it depends, it depends on what you're, uh, what you're doing. And I, I've got a huge widespread of podcast listening, research, and I need to get into sales. Yeah. So yeah, I'll call you after this. well, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you the, my full spiel on it. Um, it, it can be really good. It can be if you're naturally curious, which obviously, you know, you're, you're launching a, a, a podcast series and asking people questions. That's really the same idea in sales, right? I think if you can get to the, po the to the point where you're, where you're likable, you're trustworthy and you, you have some credibility, um, then, then you can convince people and persuade them to, uh, um, you, you know, to do something that's, that's helpful for them or, or that you want them to do. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man, I, I, you know, the, the comp is good. Again, you look across tech right now. Um, it's a lot of sales jobs going away too. You've got, you know, Salesforce and AWS and Oracle and all these folks laying people off. So there's a, there's a flip side to, to every coin. That's for sure. And also no. Tony, my kids ask me what I do because they walk in and I'm like looking at a spreadsheet or looking at a dashboard or whatever. And like, yeah, what, what, what do you do, Dad? It's like I, I kind of write emails professionally, and I kind of, uh, <laughs> y y y you know, get get on uh, calls like this a lot of times and just talk to people and move numbers well, around on spreadsheets. So well, I, I, envy, you're creating, you're creating something, <laughs> right? It, it is frustrating to have to manage the people that do that, I'm sure, but, uh, but uh, yeah, you're you're creating something that goes out the door. Yeah, well, you, you just caught some of my. Uh my uh, frustrations and I'm going through that. And, you know, tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be like, screw those frustrations. I got this. Let's go. But uh, yeah. at the same time, I'm also trying to listen to you guys and see what you have to say about it and try and take some of those tips back. Well, and, and it's like a, it's like a, you know, but professionally for me, the dream is to find something that you're super stoked about every day you hop. But the reality is that's probably not ever going to happen, right? Like if you had that dream job, it, it, you know, some days it's still going to feel like a, 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 a drag, you know? So for me, number yeah. one is always going to be taking care of, taking care of my family, taking care of my kids. If I can do that, 
um, you know, my personal contentment and happiness uh, comes somewhere much lower than those things. So you you gotta you gotta pay the bills that come in the door. Um, but after that, if you can check both boxes, then uh, more power to you for sure. Um, I'm also gonna share a little bit more here um, based off of that because I used to have a lot of fun with this. I had a great time with it. I was also making improvements. I didn't have a whole lot of bureaucracy in my way. I was able to, you know, build a team, make things happen. And then all of a sudden things started to dwindle off and I wasn't able to make those things happen so much faster. Like I used to be able to, um, as like systematic things changed, uh, big procurement approval processes and things like that. It's just like, dude, like I'm going to put my effort into things that matter. So if yep. these things that I have to put my effort into become less effective, I'm not going to put effort into it. Right. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fair. And right. And you're getting to the point, like, you know, we're looking down the barrel of not a whole lot of years left until we want to retire. Right. So it's, uh, yeah. So you got to, yeah, got to keep on networking and growing a podcast and, and, uh, bring people like you into the, into the conversation. So. I can keep on sharing. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Keep going. Wait, so is this? Well, uh, uh, I just noticed that sign when you when you got up. Straight cap. Is that what that up. says? Straight so up. <laughs> the, the 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 story behind that is when I first started this podcast, I made my own intro, and at the very beginning, I said straight up. And um, <laughs> my my kids thought it was really annoying, as well as my yeah. wife did too. And uh, so they all made fun of me all the time about that. And then one night, That's one of my funny. daughters drew that. So I thought it'd be fun because I've changed my intro formally, uh, yeah. but it reminds me of of the past. So I put that back there. I thought it'd be fun. That's awesome. Uh, so do you feel like? You're lucky. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, right. I say lucky. I, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel blessed. Um, for sure. I think, uh, lucky is a, a word that gets maybe thrown around and misused maybe, um, for people that, uh, and, and I don't always fall in this category, but I, I think you've got to, set the criteria and the circumstances around you as much as you can, uh, to benefit from some, from some luck, right. Um, some good breaks. Yeah. So I, I do hundred percent feel blessed, man. I mean, I've been, you, you know, I talked a little bit about, um, my dad, the example that he was, um, as a coach and just, uh, a man I look forward to my wife, um, and kids. I, I mean, my wife is, uh, is so supportive. Um, she's a rock. She, uh, she takes care of so much and, and allows me to, um, you know, pursue professional dreams and, and, and be on the road and do the things that I need to do. So, um, yeah, man, but but I, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, honestly, I do, I do feel very blessed, uh, um, to be sitting where I am today. Awesome. I agree with you. Life is 10% 
what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. I'm a big uh, John Maxwell fan. I like all his oh, books. Yeah. And, and that's just a... You're a, sto- cool you're a Stoics guy, aren't you? I, I like to... Well, I like to read. Uh, I like to try and learn from those readings. Sometimes I don't grab onto it, but... Um, yeah, I'm all about the. Yeah, I'll do. I'm a, I'll do books. a book. I'm all about the literature. So, I'll do a book plug. I've been reading some uh, some light. We'll call it Stoic philosophy, and uh, was inspired at, uh, at, at at Tidwell's funeral to to get a little bit more plugged in um, to, to to deeper thoughts. But uh, but it's uh, it's it's like a what is it called? Your daily Stoic is the name of it, but. It's got Marcus Aurelius, yes. Marcus Aurelius, and Epictetus, and all yes. this Seneca. Such a good book, man. Yeah, I'm all about that stuff. I mean, time. I've yeah. I've read half of it, but every time I get an extra time, um, extra bit of time to to look into that stuff, I'm always trying to read more about that because those guys were ballers, dude. Yeah, like, back in that time. So, and just like Tid, and let's just go there right now. Um, yeah, you know, with Tidwell. You know, you made it to his funeral. Tell us, you know, not all of us can make it there. Um, we we somewhat understood what he was going through, not a hundred percent, and um, but you were able to make to that funeral. What happened? Yeah. Would you see? Yeah. What do we need to know? I mean, just uh, I, I would say equal parts. Um, just grief and, uh, enjoy, you, you know, it, uh, it happened really fast, Tony. I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I Tyler was going to be a general, right? Like no doubt about it. Guy never found a, an obstacle he couldn't knock down. Um, just a absolute stud of a human being, um, and, and a, and a great friend and a, and a great father and a, and husband. Um, so I, I, what I took away, I mean, it was, um, and I, I've been unfortunately to a, a lot of these funerals, um, full military, um, ceremony, 21 gun salute, be- beautifully done, um, beautiful message, all, all of it, but completely, uh, you, you know, seeing, uh, then hand the, hand the folded flag to Cassie, his wife, um, his kids there on the front row, I mean, I thought my heart was going to break in two, man. You know, honestly, uh, it, it was incredibly, uh, you know, you just ask why, right? Why, why Tyler? Why did this happen? Why a disease like ALS, which um, is, is just an awful um, experience. Um, but the, the uplifting thing is that that's not how Tid approached it, you, you know? Tid, uh, I think in that yeah. circumstance, like we all, you know, you, you go to the, go to the Naval Academy, go into the Marine Corps, you're prepared to, to take one in the running lights. You're prepared to, uh, to, 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 to get buried and under, uh, under American flag. Um, but you don't think about something like this, right? Like this is not something that factors into the calculus of, of what you would ever plan for. Um, and he handled it in a way that is um it just incredibly inspirational honestly um he he didn't complain 
Um, he didn't, uh, you know, go into a deep depression, which I, I feel like would kind of be the natural um, human reaction. Um, he spent his time that he had, and, and, and I thought the pastor did a nice job of talking about this, but he was seeking truth, right? He was seeking beauty. Um, he was seeking virtue. He was seeking um, to die well, you know, and he, uh, he, he did it, man. He, his, his faith didn't waver, um, you, you know, incredibly deep Christian faith. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, how you, how you would tackle uh, a situation like that if you didn't have something much bigger than yourself to believe in. So I think, you know, the storm came um, and his foundation held. And, uh, and man, I, I, there was a lot of joy um, in, in seeing that, you know, and, and it's strange to say, to, to say joy, but man, there's, there's not a whole lot of guarantees in life. Um, but one of them is that they're going to put all of us in a box one day. Right. And, uh, and, and hopefully that's after a, a, a long, uh, peaceful, uh, comfortable, uh, meaning filled life. Um, but that we're not guaranteed that. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think from, from, from that perspective, it was, uh, it was really beautiful to see, you know, I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of him. I, uh, I'll look up to him forever for how he, uh, how he handled it. And, uh, putting us in a box and, um, going from there, how big is your impact? How big is your reach? I think Tibble did that really well because I didn't even make, uh, the funeral, but uh, I remember a lot about that guy. So, yeah. And you, uh, you kind of described a lot about that. So, um, well, and his, and, his, and, and the know, brother, the brother, the brotherhood showed up, Tony, you know, there are lots, it's, it's hard to break away middle of the week. Um, but the brotherhood showed up the Marines that he served with one, one, uh, Marine barracks, Washington, um, have, have just done so much for his family. And, and honestly, that, uh, was, awesome. was pretty encouraging as well. Yeah. Cool. And then, um, you know, part of, of, of Tid's legacy is living with purpose. How do you, uh, how do you now live with purpose, build value? And, uh, has that changed your demeanor on how you live day to day now? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, I, uh, I, I think, I don't know how you could, you know, experience that situation and, uh, and hear about Ted and, uh, and talk to his kids and talk to his wife and, and not be, not be changed by that. You know, um, I, I think that he understood, um, that there are things that transcend the here and now, right. There are things that, um, that transcend pain, that transcend loss and suffering. Um, and those things are not surface things, right. Those things are not, you know, your house, your job, your car, um, the, the material things, uh, these are, these are things of the heart and things of the soul. Um, and, and so I, I walk away, um, I say walk away. I, I think I'll just carry that with me. You, you, you know, I think, uh, I think just an example of somebody, um, that, that, that lived a very full, 
life, right? Not not in uh, not in years, um, but in meaning and in and in purpose, um, and in and in virtue. You know, he uh, he he did it right, man. He he really did, um, and he was the best among us. So uh, so not something that I'll uh, that I'll forget. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh let's spruce it up a little bit. Uh let's talk about a fun story uh or memory that you have from a coach during your time. This this one thing that the coach said that you remember that um made you laugh, made you piss. There's some there's so many there's so many uh yeah, there's so many Paul Johnsonisms out there. I, th- I think Zach Gallion, maybe some of those O-line guys had uh, had had put something, put a, a Facebook page or something that I'm sure <laughs> PJ's lawyer yeah. lawyer made him take take down at some point. But uh, but yeah, man, we you know at, at Tid's funeral, I, it was a good chance to catch up with a lot of people, and you know Robbie Caldwell's a a, a, a dear friend, a, a brother, you know, um, John Chan, there, there were dozens of guys there and it was great to catch up. I think on the coaching side and to his credit, um, I, I give him a, a lot of props for doing this, but I was flying from Charleston to Oklahoma city connected in Atlanta, walked to my connecting gate. Um, and this is, you know, six days after the army Navy game and, uh, and coach Nehemiah sitting there at the gate. Right. Um, nice. and so I go up and sit with them and, you know, he, he's had thousands of kids come through there and they all look a lot like me and you, um, or a lot of us do. Right. Um, but he, rem- he, yep. you know, he, re- he remembered, uh, he remembered a lot and, uh, and asked about my family and, um, it just, uh, Nehemiah is one of those guys that I feel like, like he, he, he's the real deal. Like what, what he says, the persona he puts out there um, is the real deal. So we're, we're sitting there, we're catching up. He's a humble guy. He, uh, had some reason in my opinion to be maybe a little bit bitter. Um, and that was a fresh wound, right? Like that was just days before. Um, and, uh, and, and he was humble. He loves Navy. He loves the players. I think it was good for him to, to, to come, um, get to talk to some of the guys and see how, you know, the coaches impact, kids lives players lives long term right and uh and i think it was good for him to come back and like man you got three kids you're, you're doing business stuff like that's great you know i think that's cool but he just so in character for him so he uh we get to oklahoma city he's like hey man how you get into the hotel and uh and and he offered to give me a ride and so nice. I, i'm writing Nehemiah, like obviously the guy has not done anything for himself i would say in years and years like didn't know calling barbara trying to figure out like how to get his rental car checked out and he's like dude i don't i don't i've always had lowest like people have always done I don't this, care. right just get yeah in the car. And, let's go and so so he uh he drives me drops me off at my hotel and i'm like coach where are you staying and he's staying back out by the airport and he you know he just basically drove me down there um, j- just to, to be, to be a nice guy, you know? And so that just kind of hammered home. Nice. I'll, I think that staff, man, that staff, we were so fortunate, you know, they were tough. They were great coaches. They were, they were, they were 
you know, hard on us. They expected a lot from us, but I, I do think that they cared too. Um, and, uh, and, and Nehemiah certainly epitomizes that. I wish nothing but the, but the best for him. Nice. Good story. How about your uh, best mentor throughout your career? What's that one mentor you had that was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. I need to listen yeah, man. to this guy. Who's that? There've been, there've been a lot of them. There've been a lot of them. I think, I, I think my dad will always be kind of my number one mentor. He has no idea when I talk about it or business or whatever, you know, everything is like the small town, uh, you know, the, the football coach kind of mentality where there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Um, so, so he, he's number one, I, I'd say professionally, I, I seek out mentors. Um, I, I really do. And, and not always formally, but, um, I've, I've got four or five guys that, uh, have been willing to, um, to, to share with me, you know, su success stories or, you know, venting or, or whatever that looks like. So they can, uh, um, so, so that they can impart something to me. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a good question, Tony. I probably need to think about that, but I, I always try to surround myself. Like if I'm, if I feel like I'm one of the smartest guys in the room, like I'm in the small room or in the wrong room. So I want to, um, find guys like, you know, like Clint Bruce, um, that, uh, that are just treasure troves of fantastic advice. Right. So, find, find people like that. They're in our communities. A lot of them are veterans. A lot of them aren't veterans, but, uh, but, but if you can find those people, they'll change your life. hundred percent. All right. Uh, second to last question. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Re recent failure, something you just went through recently in the past, you know, month or two or three months. That you went through is like I totally failed this thing. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, man. It's like the office quote. Like I, I, I try too hard. I, I care too much. Um, no, man. Lots of lots of failures, and I, I think that's a, you know, if you're gonna stick your neck out there in business, um, in entrepreneurship and in sales, um, you're gonna fail. And and if you're never failing you're probably not biting off the, off the challenge that you should. So, um, I'll, I'll take this one a little bit more personal though. I, I think that, um, I'm constantly reminded with my kids. I've got, I've got three, three boys. Um, and I'm constantly Wait, reminded that, uh, three boys, yeah, three. Oh yeah. yeah. You're busy, yeah. man. Yeah, man. That's a lot awesome. of, uh, a lot of budding testosterone, but, but, uh, I, I've, I've failed those kids, uh, in so many ways. And, and I hope they, um, hope, hope they will show me some grace, uh, down the road. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I, um, I, I just have a standard that's kind of, uh, unreachable and, and I'm not as, you know, the, the, the loving, caring, uh, father that I could be, because I, I feel like my, my role, right. Is to, is to create, you know, young adults that are, that are contributing members to society and are, and are, and are motivated to, to go do great things and set up to be, uh, to, to do the right thing. And, uh, and man, a lot of times, you know, being a dad is just, is just, identifying with the kid, right? Like we were all eight years old. We were all six years old at one point in the 
those things that really bother you or, or literally keep you up at night. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, can I that's stop one you of my things that quick? I'm going to work on. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Uh, what's your wife's name? Allie. Allie. Um, tell Allie, thank you tonight. <laughs> Three boys, dude, oh. you're doing she, what you're doing. And yeah, I understand that, but at the same time, that that's your like biggest struggle, right? For you're sure, like, man. Trying to cover the the workforce thing. You're trying to cover the home front thing, and Allie is your beast. She's the rock, Covering. man. She's a she's the rock. rock. She uh she takes care she takes care of it. Yeah, she's got them locked down, man. She's uh she's a good she's a good boy, mom. Takes care of takes care of business, doesn't put up with the nonsense. Um, awesome. But yes, I will, you, I will tell her thank you. Very, but you also yeah. brought that up at the very beginning of this whole conversation that, yeah. hey, um, I got this little thing here that's like making this whole thing work. So that's awesome. So. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, it's parenting things a team sport. That is for sure. 100%. All right. Um, so you've heard a couple episodes. Um, what's your price of admission? What's your struggle? What's your definition of like what makes you successful? At the end of the day, I have a few things to fall back on. What's your price of admission? Yeah, man. I think, um, you know, and a lot of the same things I talked about with what I admired uh, from, from Tyler Tidwell, right. That were, you know, all the, all the extraneous outside, um, non material kind of things were, were stripped away from him. Right. And he, uh, um, he's, he's, he's stuck strong. So, I mean, I think it goes back, you know, like we're talking about those hard times at the Academy, those hard times, in the Marine Corps, those hard times as a parent, like there has got to be um, an anchor, right? An anchor to, to hang on to. And, and for me, you know, that's um, first and foremost, first and foremost, my, my faith in God, right? Like that, uh, that's a non-negotiable um, for me and, and informs every other part of my life. And, uh, and, and so I think that there is really, for me and for my family, um, it's hard to imagine uh, a, a world where faith was not um, paramount, right? And so, kind of building from that, the uh, the the family component to it too. And I consider, you know, brothers like you, part of that family, right? And um, there is nothing um, in this life that we can or or should do um, on an island or or alone. Um, so I think. My my price of admission is uh, is is being able to hang on to those things um, that have made you who you are, and and come hell or high water, um, you, you know they're going to be there. Nice. Anything else that uh, we haven't talked about today that you want to talk about before we close this thing out? Man, there's not a not enough good PJ stories out there. 
Um, but we'll probably leave those. <laughs> PJ stories have, are the best. How, you, you need what you need to have is. Uh, I mean, I was dying. I, I was dying laughing at. Uh, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Gallion had some great stories. Um, person had some great stories about Nehemiah and about, um, about coach Johnson. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you one last one. This was, this was really funny. So Adam Ballard, um, was also, uh, at the service. Uh, so they had a, at Tyler service, they had a, a visitation for the family. And again, to his credit, uh, Jeff Munkin showed up. Right. So Jeff Munkin nice. walks in pretty unexpected awesome. as far as I know, but, uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. So he walks in, but he's wearing his, his, uh, his army stuff, right? Like he just got out of a kid's living room oh, he's t- t- talking about West Point, <laughs> Adam Ballard, straight faced, you, you know, goes and tells him to take it off, go back to his car and see if he can find another jacket. And nice. I, I thought I, I mean it was the funny it was the funniest thing I think that I've ever heard in, in my life because Adam I, I, I think Adam may have been he may have been a hundred percent he probably was a hundred percent serious but uh but I thought it was hilarious. Nice. Did he come back with a navy shirt uh, or well, a non army shirt? No, he did not do that. I I, do that. I think okay. he uh, uh I think it was great. Man, well, I think it was great that he was there. Yeah. Well, Adam tried. So <laughs> Adam always tries. That is uh, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> awesome, dude. No, great conversation. Um, you know, a lot of really good stuff in this one. Um, I think this one's really, you know, solid. You're a guy that was a um, graduated senior when I was a freshman. I came into the program. I came to this fraternity this brotherhood and then i go through all these things i go through all these complications and um which you'd already gone through um but i was i had some mentorship by you going through that and now um we are both reaching back on this process Mm-hmm. And and coming to these conclusions that we had some, you know, some like, oh, I agree. I don't agree. I've yeah. gone through this thing and, and now I've learned these things about myself. And I think that's the magic of this whole thing and this podcast. And I'm so happy I got you on today. Um, it's awesome. And your whole thing with Tidwell, well, I didn't know him that well. You did greatly. Um, no better way to, to celebrate his life than, than allowing you to, um, tell me more about that. And for that, I'm grateful. So, um, awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, man. You're doing, uh, you're doing great work and, um, I'm proud of you, uh, for sure. So thank you for, uh, for spending some time with me. Awesome. I appreciate your time as well. And uh, tell the family I said hello. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. We'll catch up soon.